Hi, Jackson. Hi, Roz. Um, welcome to another episode of We Forgive You, a podcast, podcast about-, about pop culture through celebrity. I thought we were going to say it together. I uh, thought we were too. Should we try it again? Okay, let's ready. One, One two, two, three. three. A, a podcast, podcast all about, all about self care through celebrity. It's that was also really be- good. It's we also really because of the delay. I know. And I feel like when, you know, so that was painful maybe, but we're getting there. Yeah. Um, we're, we're a little rusty. Um, last time you all heard from us was a year ago. I'm actually going to see. So yeah, 10 months ago. Culture of the year 2020 was our last episode. And would you believe we've done 77 of these? I would not believe that, but maybe one day we'll get to 100. Yeah, probably so, by like two years from now. Just kidding. You know. <laughs> uh, so we had to come back for an emergency recording um, because the stars have just been aligning in a way where it's very clearly a sign from the universe that you all needed to hear from us. Yeah, but we've also... We also kept saying that there were like all these signs, a la like the signs of the apocalypse, like all these new Taylor records, um, Mariah Carey being at McDonald's. Like there were so many things that were just beckoning us back to the podcast pre this week. And then this week, November 12th is a historic day for not just everyone, but especially, yeah, for forgivers. Um, and we were just like, we have to do this. Like we've, we have no other choice. Yeah, it was now or absolutely never. And as we've um, told friends who recently have gotten into podcasts, podcasts aren't for, like as in podcasting, they have a podcast, like podcasting isn't for anyone but yourself, the podcaster. Yeah. And so we needed to do this for ourselves. Yeah. So if no one listens, fine. But Potentially, we could get up to 6,900 listeners, uh, which is our most listened to episode about the Jonas Brothers. Uh, and we have about 152 active listeners in Nepal, uh, which is huge. Uh, huge in Nepal, huge if true. Uh, so shout out to the people of Nepal for tuning in. Do you think, it, I feel like it's like one person who just like is like listening to all of our episodes. Quite like they're listening to all 77. Twice. Oh, what do you do with that? Or maybe, maybe it's they like two start, yeah, or they start on like their phone and then they go to their computer and it's considered two listens. I don't know how SoundCloud tracks. I don't know either. Or, but I don't think this is just SoundCloud. I think this is like Apple and stuff too. Um, but it also should be noted that our Anne Hathaway episode has 666 listeners. The devil, so, Mark of the Devil. Yeah, Mark of the Beast. So that's something. That uh, is something. So Roz, since we last recorded, something huge happened uh, for the a girlies. A lot of huge things happened. A lot of things happened for the girls. Um, for us, Sam and I finally got married. <laughs> Woo! Woo! It was a real, um, it was honestly like I was not to like, 
obviously I feel like everyone says this about their own wedding like oh it was the best wedding I ever went to but for me it really was like I had the best time that's um, good yeah did you have a good time I had an incredible time I well I got to go thrift shopping in Las Vegas uh, to find a great look for the wedding the arts district the arts district so if anyone is ever in vegas i highly recommend leaving the trip going to the arts district and going thrifting honestly really good thrift shops in vegas um so found a great look had a great time at the wedding loved the little white chapel uh loved watching you get married by elvis uh yep. you know loved watching catholic parents watch their children get married by Elvis. I think that's beautiful. Patrick and I are threatening to do the same to his mom. Um, she doesn't like the idea. It's a lot easier when you're the last one. That's true. You know, where they're just like, mm. like right. uh, you know, like the one thing. All the other we, kids are married. They're all married. Like, you know, it's, and I think when it's gone on so long, it's just like, oh my God. And so sweet. Like my parents were in New York literally like 24 hours later. And they were like, honestly, like we were just chatting with each other and trying to think like, what was our favorite part of the weekend? Or like, what went well, what didn't? And they were like, honestly, just, we both thought the best part of the weekend was how happy you and Sam were the whole time. And I was like, yeah, oh. that's true. I was like, I'd, I'd agree with that. Like we were, I, I kept like leading up to it. I'm like, oh my God, I wonder how like I'm going to feel like, what if I don't like cry or what if I'm like, hysterical or what if like I'm in like a state of shock and because it's one of those things that you like feel like like turning 21 or something or like going off to college if you go off to, if you get the chance to go do that you're like these mi milestone monumental things like you're like oh I feel like I should feel a certain way um and I was just overjoyed which is was like I thought I would enjoy it but I thought I'd be like a little nervous but I was so like joyful and just like, you know, just a million Taylor Swift lyrics, you know? You know, and everyone else around was joyful. It just seemed like a great, everyone was having a great time. Your your grandmother was there. She was having a great time. It was having a great time. It was just like, I, I also think Vegas. it was, um, I would highly recommend just making sure this is my advice after three years of planning a wedding um just make sure it's really just about you and don't be worried about anyone else's expectations or feelings because it's really at the end of the day just about you and your partner and if you end up having a great time than everyone else's and i think we lucked out that everyone basically knew each other at the wedding more or less and nobody had really gotten quality time with each other since the pandy. Um, and so, I don't know, I thought it was like really joy filled and like, I just feel like Vegas was perfect. Like it was the perfect place to do it. We saw Lady Gaga after, we had the bachelorette party after the wedding, um, we gambled. <laughs> and seeing Gaga, I think is a great sort of jump into what's going on with the other girlies. Um, yeah. because it's just really been a monumental fall. Uh, so Lady Gaga, we saw in her jazz and piano show, mm. highly recommend, but I would say be forewarned, it is 
three hours long. Um, Do you think it's always that long? I, I feel like it's whatever length they'll let her play until. Like if she could have gotten to hour four, I don't think she would have left the stage. Yeah, but I was wondering if it was just extra long because um, it was like their last performance of the year, which we didn't even like really realize. Um, well, I really thought be- her last song was going to be the Monster Mash when she's like, and because it's Halloween, one more song. And I was like, but it was just a Cole Porter song. Iconic you gay, know, Cole Porter. Love, we love Cole Porter. I love Cole Porter. Um, but what I really took away from seeing jazz and piano is that Gaga is just on a different career path now. You know, she's not like living as mother monster. She's not like trying to be the biggest pop star. She's trying to be the biggest star now. Like she's competing in a different game, which I found to be an almost like inspiring because like what else is there to achieve in pop? Like she already has number one. She already has like iconic videos, iconic looks like multiple albums across decades. It's sort of like, okay, what's the next challenge? And the next challenge seemingly is winning another Oscar. Um, I don't know if you watched her her British Vogue uh, review of her looks over the years, but when she reviewed her Oscar gown, uh, she referred to it as, that was the night I won my first Oscar. Uh, I also, I think like what you're saying though is like, watching her it occurred to me that there's no like she is truly in a league of her own in terms of like our generation of pop stars of like you know we love Taylor we love our girl Brit we love I was about to say like Katy Perry but I know you don't love Katy Perry we love Beyonce we love I guess Mariah would be like a generation above but they're just very much like in their lanes like they each, they have their thing. And she's just like, she's entering like Bette Midler territory. I'll say it, I'll say it. I'm not afraid to say it. She's entering Bette Midler territory. I, she is. And I think that there is something remarkable about the fact that she might be pulling off what like none of the girls have managed to do since share, which is be a pop star and a movie star and actually yeah. like be a serious movie star you know Cher, Bette Midler, Barbara Streisand there's not a lot of people who have fully like kept it going bridge the gap obviously like there's some iconic films you know Forever Crossroads there is and uh, you know Beyonce Obsession. Obsessed of the- uh, Obsession and, you know Forever Christina Burlesque you might have you know, Mandy Moore had a decent film career, but doesn't have a pop career. So she like switched into that She's lane. more of an actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's she also more of an actor because of Ryan Adams. That's true. But she, you know, she wasn't able to keep both pieces yeah. like sort of at the same scale. And Gaga seemingly is able to do that, which is very cool. It's so cool and inspiring. And like, I think one of the things like, yeah, you should be prepared how long it was is that like seeing, speaking of joy, when you see someone who loves, they're doing it for the love of the craft or the love of the actual thing. It's also obvious that's why she's successful. One of the many reasons of like, 
you know, in her band, like the guys being with her, like from her New York days, like that's, that's rare. And that's cool. You know, she hasn't like, just been like, oh, I want to work with this person because they're like the hot person to work with in jazz and piano. Um, and what I think ties that performance into what we're also going to talk about today is that there's a bit of liberation in what she's doing now. Uh, yeah. So something that she said while she was on stage that really hit me hard um, is, I think she was responding to someone in the audience, but she said, you realize I get paid for this before you ever even buy a ticket. Which basically oh, yeah. was her saying, like, I'm doing what I want to do and I do not care what your reaction is. Like, so you can enjoy it or you can walk out of here, but you leaving or trying to protest me doesn't affect me. And, yeah. you know, I think the issue at hand with so many of our, our pop stars is that, like, they're ultimately not answerable to themselves. Um, whether it's like the size of their advance and how long it takes to recoup that and like how large their original record deal is um, or just like the feeling of like, oh, I need to stay at number one. I need to like keep my sort of place as the, the main pop girl going. Um, and what I think is remarkable about both Gaga and Taylor is how they are able to sort of like circumnavigate those expectations and yeah. have both found a way to do it only in like the last couple of years. It's like post Joanne, I feel like for Gaga and getting a star is born has changed her mentality and relationship to like what work she ha like can do and wants to do and being able to like decide between that in yeah. a way. Like you kind of see it even with Chromatica, which I know we love, but you know, Gaga didn't put her uh, her entire sort of like press uh, pounding yeah. strategy behind it. Also, it was released in April of the pandemic of 2020, so it's hard to. I also you know, like that she judge. just still moved ahead with it. Like, oh yeah, you know. for sure. I mean, I'm thrilled that we've had it as long as we've had it. Um, but after that, it's sort of like, okay, well, actually, you know what I love singing is jazz standards and some like writing some of my own music and reminding you that I write all of my own music but like here's what I want to do right now and so I'm going to do it I won't just be the Lady Gaga you want me to show up as which yeah. is like you really just can't like pin her down and it can be frustrating uh, if you're like trying to like mold a perfect pop career in your head for someone but it's so exciting because I also think it just creates the ability to have like career longevity because you know there's only so long in your career that you can be doing like intense choreo and singing about I don't know being young and dumb and sexy and rich and like Madonna. I love all those topics and those songs and Madonna is you know continuing on that path but it does seem like she's setting herself up for you know, she refers to Tony Bennett throughout that show, unsurprisingly. Um, and what's remarkable about him is that he's performed his into his 90s and has kept that career going. And so she's like finding ways to have a career that's sustainable. 
and yeah, enjoyable. I think that's what it is, is that she, as like, I will say like, I, I have always loved Cole Porter. Like I love listening to Cole Porter, Billie Holiday, like in this fall weather, but never, but like having Lady Gaga sing songs from the great American songbook, um, it like truly did give me a new appreciation. Like, I'm not kidding. Like I was like, oh wait, I do love this music. And there was also something about she could get up there, do whatever the hell she wanted. She was already paid to be there, but who kept being like, I'm singing song. Like it wasn't not about her. It was her show, but it wasn't about her. It was like about singing songs that were hundred over hundred years old. It was a celebration of black music. It was a celebration of women who came before her who didn't have that autonomy. And she's doing it all in Vegas where pop stars used to go to die. Um, yes. Yeah. I saw the Tina Turner play last week. Also just an incredible pop star with her own journey. Um, but they used to call like Las Vegas some, but there was like a name for it, but essentially where pop stars go to die. And like Celine changed that, Britney changed that. Celine, Britney Jean. Um, Gwen Stefani certainly didn't change that. <laughs> no, we did not go to see her show, although it was she was there it was happening while we were there um but uh you know with gaga it seems almost like she, like she has more freedom in choosing her next projects and that's how she is reclaiming her freedom uh but with taylor uh who also had her release of red taylor's version this this friday this uh, friday yeah and Roz, would would you say that you're a red girl? Oh my god, I remember like where I was when red came out, and I still have it in my um, the car that I have at my parents' house. Still has like physical CD copy in there, and I had it. It came out. This was I feel like we've talked about this time in pop music because Miley's Bangers came out, and so did Red. Mm-hmm. And those albums were both, I think, when we did like our top albums of the decade, were Absolutely. a part of that. Um, but yes, I am a red girl because I love Country Taylor. What about you? And you know, this is uh, red is when I became a Swifty. Um, really? Yeah. So I was, I started flirting with it with Speak Now. I was a huge fan of the story of us. That was like the first Taylor song I couldn't stop listening to. But. Aww. Red is when I was like from, like from We Are Never Getting Back Together launch onward. It was like, okay, I'm fully in, I'm invested. Uh, so to have it come up as a re recording nine years later, um, I will say one, never felt older than hearing how different Taylor sounds on the new recordings of Red, uh, but also. To it, there is something just like remarkable that this is her second re-recorded album this year, and it has thirty tracks. Yeah, thirty tracks. So much new material, and like this is what she's doing in her downtime, essentially. But it also adds, like I think, just in general like it's amazing you know like wow that she's like put out two of the best records of her career this year and then did two re-recorded albums and like 
her being like nine years older and singing these songs, like really add a new depth and layer to it, like of what she's saying in a way that like I text, I've been saying this to people, we thought because of Speak Now, like John Mayer was such a villain. And now like oh, yeah. too well, it's like, oh, because this guy was worse. He like this Jake Gyllenhaal, like gaslit you. That's why you can't stop writing songs about him because nine years ago when you wrote the song, you may have started realizing that. But now as a 31 year old, you're like in, in a healthy relationship. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You manipulated me. And you have this image that you're like this great guy. And you like to stay away and just like, fuck you. You know? I, I- I also think, and we've talked about this before, but Taylor is someone who was never caught necessarily in the like virginity trap of pop yeah. stardom. Yeah. But honestly, I think she was able to avoid it by always kind of seeming virginal, like mm. so that people would view even up until I think it was not until. I guess like in style, there's kind of like on 1989, it gets like almost and like you're taking off your coat, but it kind of sounds like clothes. And then when you get to reputation, she's taking off her dress. You know, it's like, yeah, she like finally sex. she likes drinking, having sex. But then with this re-release and with that sort of like change in perspective, plus like the the short film accompanying the 10 minute version of All Too oh. Well, it's like. No, she was having sex with older men. And that's part of the like thing, I was like a 19-year-old, right? right? And you really have to, like, I think, accept that and reflect on it. Uh, because it's not just like a... It's so easy to dismiss things as, like, a paparazzi opportunity. Like, the maple lattes photos are what really come to mind. And this is also when she still had like the long curly hair. So she did look just a lot younger. Um, and so you have to like, I don't know, think about it differently because we're the same age as her. So when you, like I was 21, I had a brief fling with a 31 year old in college. Well, I was in college. He was uh, not, he was a psychiatrist. Um, and he was not my, I, I did not have a psychiatrist and I probably needed one. So I wouldn't, you know, hook up with a 31 year old, but I was just back in Charlottesville as a 31 year old for a wedding this past two weekends ago. And while I was there, I just sort of had the, like looking at all the college students, I was like, wow, you all are so young. You are like significantly younger than me in a way yeah. that where it's like, Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal, like being like 30 dating a 19 year old or 32 or however old he was. It's like when you're this, like the 19 year old looking up, you're like, it's not that big of an age difference. But when you're now in your thirties looking down, it's like, no, there's a lot that's different here. There is like the power dynamic is significant. And that's what, and it's like, it's not on the night, the younger person to acknowledge that it's on the Mm -hmm. older one. And I think that that's something that ties like, even like I'm sure like Lady Gaga's daddy issues with um, Taylor to Brittany to Jessica, all the women that we're talking about today is that these power dynamics that they've had with older men. And uh, this tweet that I saw 
is like Jake G would have gotten away with the way he treated Taylor if Scott Porchetta hadn't sold her catalog to Scooter Braun. It's so funny to me that all these men just all took each other down. And I keep thinking too about Brittany. It's like, if you would just let this fucking woman live, like right. you guys, like she would have kept financing her family's bills. She's a good Southern Christian girl. Like she would have paid for you guys. But now I hope she burns you all the fuck down. Like, and poor yeah, Jamie I, Lynn coming out with her book now. It's like, baby girl, we would have had sympathy for you five years ago. Not anymore. No, no one's buying that book. <laughs> I do like all the people sliding into her DMs with like Indeed.com. Shout out Indeed if you ever want a job in a city you don't live in an industry you have never considered working within, they'll email you and say, new jobs we think you'd be a good fit for. Uh, Shout out her, not a sponsor of the podcast. Again, we're a sponsorless podcast. Why? Because we're inconsistent. We don't know social media. We don't care enough. Um, but we, wait, we did have a goal to make $50 last year. And I don't think we did. We did not. Um, if somebody can Venmo me $50 real quick, I'll count it as a win. Um, just even if it's for I, something else that you owe me, say we forgive. I think we should do no. a, we forgive you Etsy shop with shout out her merch. I would like a shout out her mug specifically i was thinking a mug too like i think yeah, it's very like our kathy lee gifford hoda moment we want a mug yeah. and that's how you start the day um i will say very quickly before we move on from red taylor's version i do think it's very good except that the like pop singles i knew you were trouble and we were never getting back together are significantly worse than the old versions and you can tell that she does not like those songs anymore <laughs> Oh, I think it's because the nine year age difference, like her um, whispering, you know, her like talking parts. I think they're oh, yeah. so much more loaded that she's like, I'm just not this person anymore. But it's funny as the I'm like pulling up. The things I've been listening to the most are obviously the all too well 10 minute version. Um, the very first night, I bet you think about me um nothing new which again nothing, nothing new, new is like... so good and that's really what we're talking about with exactly with gaga especially it's like i don't need to be the new shiny thing i'm like i am certified me. now yeah. right like i don't need to impress you i'm i'm impressing myself now and that's the only person i'm worried about impressing so same approach you had to your wedding gaga has to her career yeah, it's like we're just doing it. We're doing it for ourselves. Like you're either you're here. Like she, I it truly, truly. I was like, oh, I wish it was like at first. I was like, oh, I'm kind of bummed it's the chromatica, but whatever. Like I don't even care. I just want to see Lady Gaga. And then after Sam, my husband, when I said that like to him, like as we're walking out, he was like, no, no, like this is only what you want to see in Vegas. Like this is so Vegas. And then as we we're talking about it, I was like, you're right. Like one, I don't think we all could have like mentally, emotionally handled a Chromatica show after X amount of days of drinking and partying. But two, it would have felt like we could have seen that anywhere. Yeah, I, I was thrilled to see jazz and piano and I, I just, I recommend it to anyone who's going yeah. Vegas next time it's happening. Um, a new appreciation so for her also. Oh, absolutely. Um, and a new appreciation for, honestly, for Taylor. 
for jazz. Okay. We have a reverence for jazz. I was going to say new appreci- appreciation for Taylor because there is just something so beautifully petty buried within all of the Taylor's versions, which is like, you can own my old catalog, but it's not going to be worth anything is basically it's, it's amazing. the approach. But and, also, did, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just like, if you could have just sold sold her her own catalog back. Which also sounds gross. I know, it really is. But that's the uh, whole industry thing, right? But I mean, the music industry, speaking of Vegas, just very quickly, if anyone out there is a listener of You Must Remember This, everyone knows my favorite podcast. Oh, I haven't uh, listened in a while. But a new season just started that's about Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. And the first episode gives a very quick look into um, just how the music industry was, uh, especially the Universal Music Group was uh, a money laundering scheme for the mafia. Um, and, And that Vegas also is, you know, just one giant money laundering scheme. Um, so all those things coming together uh, just gives you a better insight into why the music industry is as uh, horrible and warped as it is and how little uh, power artists have. Um, something that really stood out to me is that Dean Martin, early in his career, uh, by the time he like got to a national level, uh, based on what he was sort of owing to other people, like your managers cut your agents cut this person this person he was over leveraged so like 105 percent of every dollar he made was supposed to go to someone else so basically he went into that every time he made money that's crazy i would also recommend i feel like you would really love the tina turner show because the tina turner show i also didn't realize like tina the tina turner show the tina, tina turner the t- musical tina turner musical I did not realize that she became famous at middle age, mm-hmm. which that alone is just like, I mean, she was famous before, but as Tina Turner that we know. Yeah. Um, like as that, a solo star. She yeah. As a solo. A- yeah. Like when we were around and my, and my sister was at the show and she was like, yeah, like she was like, I was like in middle school when she was like, became Tina and my sister's like in her mid thirties, late thirties. So I was like, that's really crazy. Um, one thing about Taylor, though, is Hani Nichols was like, um, who's a great astrologer. Her name is called C-H-A-N-I. If you're like, who's that? Um, a lot of us think it's Chani. I thought that for a long time, but it's a Hebrew name. Yeah, Hani. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, I need to know who Taylor's astrologer is. Um, because, and then I like one of the thread the order in which she's releasing these albums like match like her astrological chart as in like right now she's in her Mars return, which, you know, your Mars is like your warrior you're fighting. And it's like this red, like probably is like her most like dear John is heartfelt. It's like, it's not like, um, but I wanted to read for all of our uh, Mars return and it's a Mars return in Scorpio right now. Right. Um, what is a Mars return? It happens every 2.5 years approximately and Mars comes back um, into like, you know, where it was, but I read this like trying to find, okay. I'm not a lot of help here. 
but you have to watch. Okay. Anyways, let's go back to Mars returns. The things of this nature can and do happen on this day, but you have to watch your specific omens on those two to three days and see in what area you will have to use your Mars. Willpower, problem solving, self-discipline, fighting, asserting your ground in the next two and a half years. So she, it happens over a two to three day period. And this is when she released it. She released red during her Mars return. And I, and then there was like this other like chart thing that if you were like an astrology stand, I would look into it more. Um, I was just like, it just occurred to me. I was like, oh my God, that must be like, she's probably is so famous that she does have like an astrologer on, on staff. On staff, you know. Isn't that cool? Like that's like old school fame to me. I, I could use an astrologer on staff because I can't remember anything beyond my, uh, like my sun sign. That's what you need. It's a sun sign, time. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like my rising, couldn't tell you. My other things, can't tell you. Um, I've been told what they are many times. I've looked it up. I've done the chart. Yeah, you just, truly you just like, I stick. always have mine bookmarked because I forget it too. And then it's like the different houses and it's like, um, it's well, wild, you know, but if, if Mars return is affecting all of us, someone else, uh, just very quickly, uh, has been fighting a fight and finally won, uh, to reclaim the entirety of her business, uh, which yes. is, uh, Miss Jessica Simpson, uh, who famously is, uh, the, at least up to this point, the namesake of a billion dollar business um, of footwear, apparel, accessories, et cetera, and uh, has been trying to reclaim full ownership of all parts of her business because a lot of it came about as like licensing deals, for instance. Yeah. And so as of this week. As of this Friday, which is oh also my God, yes, November 12th. Literally November 12th. Oak Market, November 12th is an important day. I can't wait to see what happens next year on November 12th. I know. But so you were finishing. Jessica now has complete control and ownership of her brand, which she was told would never happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But as we all remember in her book, she signed away basically all of her money to Nick Lachey because she said, I'll make it all back. And she did by about a billion dollars. Um, (laughs) Just truly incredible. What a book what a book i i love it so much and also like also on the 12th what happened is beyonce also released a new song for the king oh, richard for soundtrack. king richard which i yeah. like i like the song i was very nervous i'm uh famously on record as hating most inspirational songs uh so like a beyonce is like i was here on yeah. four you know i think it's one of her worst songs um when i say oh. i'm patrick Patrick stays mad. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, but, yeah. I actually am recalling that. But my boyfriend, Patrick. Um, but this, my boyfriend Patrick. even though it's for like a sports, uh, like film, biographical picture film, um, which would make you assume like, oh, this is going to be like, stand tall, be strong, yeah. sort of like meaningless, inspirational nonsense. I think she like goes beyond that because the idea is just, it feels so good to be alive. And I do think that's beautiful. Yeah, and it, it's really fun. I think it's a fun song that is inspirational, but that was exciting. But the real thing that happened on November 12, 2021 is our patron saint, 
Miss the legendary Miss Britney Spears. Britney Jane Spears. Wow. The conservatorship is over. Matthew Rosengard, new attorney, has he did not fuck around the work quickly to dismantle this thing. Uh, It was, you know, aided in part by uh, Jamie Spears, um, who instead of just stepping down as the conservator, uh, filed a motion to end the conservatorship. Uh, However, um, as Matthew Rosengart has uh, sort of continued to uh, draw attention to, uh, this is a fight that's not over um, because Jamie's uh, move here seems to be an attempt to sort of like end the discussion uh, because there's mm. more shit that's being hidden um, between him and like to TriStar himself, Entertainment um, so that they don't look into, you know, like what practices were used uh, in the conservatorship? How was it enacted? How was it maintained? How much money has been taken out of Britney Spears' estate by the conservators of the estate over the last 13 years? And so, you know, there's a lot to look into, but I do think before we do that, we really do have to just celebrate that Brittany is free of this conservatorship. She's free. She's free. And also that like, she, it seemed like was thought for so long, like she was able to find strength in her fans that were, you know, in the free Britney Spears. And she was like, finally, like, you know, when she called in, like called the cops on herself, you know, saying that like she was being mistreated, like the strength that that woman has and has found and has finally just been like embracing freedom. And it's like, I kept thinking like when it happened, I was like, oh, it'd be so cool if like she pulled a tailor and re-record, like just took all ownership. But then I immediately was like, I want nothing from Brittany. I want her to truly just go live on an island, like dance. Like she, so much has been taken from her that she doesn't need to be, she does not need to give anymore. She's given us plenty. But would I like to put more money in her pocket? Of course. I just want to know how it doesn't go to her dad. That is exactly the question I was having as I was cleaning the apartment earlier. I was asking myself, what do I still like want to know? And ultimately, all I really want to know is, like, how do I stay in support of Britney without, like, supporting the people and the institutions that have exploited her for so long? Um, Don't know the answer to that yet, but um, I would love if anyone is uh, doing, like, investigative work here and listening to this podcast, which absolutely is happening, you know. let, let the fans know, because I think this is like a sentiment amongst a lot of us. You know, there was a push to stream stronger on November 12th. Um, she's stronger than yesterday. And it was the 10 minute but, version. We need a 10 minute version of stronger. I would lose my mind. Um, or a duet of free woman. Could be beautiful. I mean, there's Lady so Gaga, for those who don't know Chromatica. so much. That could happen, but I think ultimately, yeah, I just want to know, like, how do you, as a fan, like, provide support um, and not yeah. 
what you're saying, like put pressure on someone who doesn't need to be pressured no. into doing anything. And yeah, and know, also the like, I've a lot of people have been saying of like, something this does shine a light on is the dark nature and in industry that is conservatorship. Obviously folks' estates maybe aren't as like big as Britney's, but you know, as many people expressed on the, on the interwebs of like 13 years, one of the biggest pop stars in the world, how many millions of dollars, how many millions of fans did it take for this to happen? Now imagine just the average person who, you know, it's like the idea of the hysterical woman again. Oh, like, absolutely. How many people cannot see their children because of one person's opinion how many people like have no autonomy or agency over themselves their bodies or anything because of this um and to that point the uh the new yorker had a follow-up piece uh from ronan farrow and gia tolentino um who had written previously about the conservatorship and something that they noted here is that you know now that britney is sort of quote unquote free, that means that she's also going to be seen in the public eye as like responsible for any decisions that she makes now in a way where it's like, oh, she did something I don't approve of. So like maybe that conservatorship should been, have been in place or like, oh, like she seems erratic. Oh, like, and she's being once again chased by paparazzi, you know, in her car has talked about that already. And how it feels like, you know, people are trying to provoke her to like basically justify what happened to her these last 13 years. Yeah. Um, Which is the same, you know, justification that put, you know, the press put her in before. Absolutely. So, you know, it's, it is. Get her to an island. I think we should feel like it's a victory, but uh, right. There's still larger issues for Brittany, but also large much larger issues for honestly just how we take away people's rights and autonomy so frequently in this country and you know even Britney Spears someone who uh, could get an interview with any publication she wanted to prior to the conservatorship at least like you know someone who has the ability to get people's attention um was stuck in the situation for 13 years. Um, so I wanted to call out two pieces of media that I think really speak to this topic um, that are playing right now. Uh, the first is uh, a play called Dana H. It is playing at the Lyceum mm -hmm. Theater. Uh, I saw it on Thursday night last week. Um, it's in okay. it's incredible. It's like 70 minutes and it is basically an actress lip syncing in a way that it, it truly like will boggle your mind to watch it as a like a true feat of acting. Um, but she's lip syncing along to a taped interview of the mother of the director of this play who was a, um, a chaplain in prisons in hospice care in different basically like situations over the course of her life um who was uh, kidnapped for five months by a um 
a patient of hers uh, who had attempted to commit suicide. And then she was sort of brought in as a chaplain for him. Um, and, you know, basically like from introducing her, him into her life, he becomes obsessed with her, sees her as a security blanket because he was like raised within the Aryan Brotherhood. Um, then he kidnaps her and she is stuck with him for five months and, you know, reaches out for help many times to different people, to including and especially to the police, to, you know, sort of law enforcement and authorities. And they like actively work against her ability to get free. Um, and this is a like Christian white woman. Um, so you know, as we think about like, oh, how could this happen to Britney Spears? How could this happen to this like nice seeming white lady? It's just like the, I don't know, the horrors <laughs> of yeah. America are, uh, it's like, I don't know, I just kept thinking the whole time, like how many people are in these situations because it, it didn't seem like honestly that unique and that like, people like the police were like, oh, you know, we don't want to mess with the Aryan Brotherhood, basically. Like we know who this guy is. And so she's stuck in the situation. And then it's also kind of like with Brittany, it's like, it almost is like too unbelievable that it's happened to you for you to be able to like move on from it. Um, and so like in this interview, the woman is talking, Dana Higginbotham is talking about like some of the things she's kept like ph yeah. photographs, uh, like weird Nazi paraphernalia this man like bought that she's like still has and she keeps it basically like be like, this actually happened to me. Like this wasn't an imagination. Oh, this so wasn't, she, like, like, it's um, like a grounding tool. A la Inception. Right, Inception, like the spinning top. It's like yeah. that. It's like, no, this isn't something I imagined happening to me. This happened to me. Um, and so I, I'm interested, but nervous, honestly, to see like what happens also, with Brittany now that she's out of the conservatorship. Yeah. Well, also just looking that that play ends on the 28th. So I'm like, how can I go see that? Because I saw you tweeted about it. Um, yeah. Tweet got zero likes, but you know, I, I wanted it out there just so people know I'm cultured. And so I'm not uh, Yeah, you, you are culture. Um, if, you know, my my culture was Tina and seeing Six, which Six also does also join in this conversation. Uh, six women who are defined by their relationship to King Henry VIII. And which they're contending with that. Draws me to the second piece of, of media I wanted to call attention to, which is Spencer. Shout Where out her. did you see it? I saw it at the AMC and Lincoln Center, my favorite movie theater. Where you um, can also see All Too Well. Oh, you can. I didn't see all too well. It was sold out that night. I was going to try to double feature them. Um, and Spencer uh, deals explicitly with Anne Boleyn and sort of the legacy of um, women being targeted as uh, the, it's like women getting the brunt of punishment for a man's actions. Um, yeah. And Kristen Stewart is fantastic in it. And yeah. what, what I think is really wild is that she is like the, I guess like from a tabloid perspective, like 
biggest movie star of our generation. Um, and not necessarily like box office draw, but just like she's the only person who's truly had like a pop star level, like invasiveness into her private life. Yeah, I would agree. And so like watching her play Diana, who is someone who was, you know, murdered, it, or some would say she was murdered by the paparazzi. Um, but because of the, her inability to like basically retain any level of privacy in this, the movie is, although about Princess Diana, it is, uh, refers to itself as a fable. Um, so it's not historically accurate. Uh, but it is, I would say, like emotionally accurate. Wait, it says it's a fable. Mm -hmm. huh. At the beginning, um, but I highly recommend it. And I, you know, when Patrick and I left seeing it, he the first thing he was like, "Well, so it's like this is basically about Brittany, um, because it's about yeah. just being trapped and trapped by your family, like trapped by I the wonder... people that you should be there to help you and for you to be able to trust." Do you think some people maybe will have more compassion for Megan after seeing that movie? I would hope so. I I don't know, honestly. I feel like if you watch the Oprah interview and you don't like develop that level of compassion or understanding, I don't know. I mean, I don't know, but you know, film has the power to move with people. Um, I'm really excited to see it. I didn't realize it was, um, I'm actually texting Adrian right now because she lands next Sunday and there's a I was like do you want to go see this because Dana Asia it seems a really like a really powerful play and now was, I'm getting back into going to things yeah it was an incredible piece of theater honestly and I would say sit as close to the front as you can because it's very intimate um, but the Lyceum is not a small theater yeah, when you were it, just this is very it. much like an off-Broadway show that has just like gotten enough support to get to Broadway, but definitely plays best as an off-Broadway, like sort of black box like kind of piece. Um, but we were seated really close to the front. We we're in like the third or fourth row, and we got it on today tech, so we just kind of got lucky. Oh, um, I'm gonna see if they have some because the ones I'm looking at they're not that bad, but they're like you know for. The tickets would probably be close to like $200. Um, but yeah, definitely recommend it. And who could have been cultured? Just, Less culture says. But I do think it is, uh, I don't know, it's just a remarkable weekend. Um, I love that. Oh, wait, orchestra tickets right now are the same price as they're saying. We're six. Of a kind. I have not seen six, but maybe I will. Six is a fun, I would say it's just a fun light play. I mean it's not that light, but it, it is uh performed as a pop concert. Oh which is really fun. And the person who does the costumes is the same person who did the costumes for the Spice World tour and the Spice World movie. And the playwrights are currently 27. And they wrote it in their dorms. It's I think it was at Fringe Festival or Edinburgh Film Fest or you know that whole festival where things get picked up um, like three or four years ago. So they were like really young, um, and it's just wow. cool. And 
for forgivers who love the pop girlies. Um, you recommend know. it. I'd highly recommend. Look at all this culture. I think I'm about ready to buy four tickets to Dana H. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed. Well, enjoy. It's heavy. It's not not a light show, but um, it's it's just powerful, impactful. It really hit me. Um, well, Roz, I think I think that's our show. I think that's our show. Um, I'm wondering, like, who do we forgive ourselves for taking the time we need during the pandemic to record? Absolutely. I, you know, I think in the way that Lady Gaga has decided for herself what she wants to do and put her energy into, you know, we've done the same, I think. It's like we were getting exhausted by recording, even though it's not like a huge thing. It was just like, I couldn't be on another Zoom and was felt feeling sort of just like talked out and honestly like culture in 2020, not always that exciting to talk about. Kind of depressing to think about. Kind of depressing. And now in their reclaiming their narrative, we're reclaiming ours. Um, and I love, I'm going to, my March tours, I'm going to go see Dana H. I'm going to see Spencer. And blessings to this vaccine. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. I'm going to get my booster, I think. Oh, you, oh, because you're a J&J. Um, I'm a J&J. I got to get the Moderna booster. Now that I'm, uh, I had two, your wedding and another wedding. So I didn't want to risk uh, having side effects and like not being able to be my, the best guest I could be. Yeah. Um, but now I'm, you know, well, I guess I have Thanksgiving, but. You Thanksgiving. Um, but I also just want to like, as we're closing out, I do want to say that I think Patrick had my favorite look at the wedding. I kept saying that, yeah. but. Thank you. He really did have such such a look, a little Canadian tuxedo with what I would almost refer to as like a sparkly doily around his shoulders. Yeah. Uh, it's that description, a lot of fringe. It was, it was something. So shout out I her. I loved it. Shout out her. I loved, I loved it. That was one of my favorite things too, is I think um, as Jake texted me after he was like, we, he's like, not to be like superficial, but like going through the photos, like we really, because when you're still friends with your best friend from high school, this is how you text each other. Like we finally, we are becoming the people that we always wanted to be. Like, he's like, I know Jilly's just in images. Like everybody looked their best. Like, and it was true. Like everybody turned up and turned out. You know, the, the looks, were they traditional wedding looks? No. Was it a traditional wedding? No. No. It was a gay wedding for two straight people. And that's beautiful. Um, it was, as Jake said, there was one too many gay people for it to be a straight wedding. That is true. Um, you know, loved it. Had the best time. Love you. I'm so glad we got to record again. Uh, and to the forgivers out there, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed this. Welcome back. Oh, follow us. I guess subscribe, download. I don't know. It doesn't really matter to us, to be honest. But again, we're trying to make $50. So yeah, the only thing we really care about is getting $50. So someone, if you're out there, um, DM us, we'll send you our, our Venmo and you can pop it in our, our account. I know. I think the really, we do need an Etsy shop. 
I'm sure there's other ways to do it, but all I can think of is Etsy. And like, I'm going to design a shout out her mug. Okay. Uh, so get that for everyone uh, on your Christmas list when it's available soon. Uh, more to come there. All right. Peace and love. Bye. Bye.